Let's talk about the similarities and differences between autism spectrum disorder and bipolar disorder. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So this is part of my series where I do autism versus blank. One of my most watched videos on this channel was about borderline personality disorder versus autism spectrum disorder. I think it's super, super important to talk about those little differences between autism and other disorders because a lot of the times there are a lot of overlapping symptoms. And for those people out there who are doing the research, gathering the information they need before they go see a medical professional, which is necessary, not saying all medical professionals are gonna be proficient in the ways that they need to be or empathetic in the ways that they need to be, but it is still important to seek advice, input, especially a diagnosis from a medical professional. But it is important for you guys to be able to gather the information that you need in order to be able to understand yourself, be proficient in understanding yourself, have a good idea of what people might misunderstand you to have because you have some overlapping symptoms so that you feel safe to navigate the medical field, you feel less confused. Therefore, to be able to advocate for yourself in certain in situations and you're just well equipped you know and all of that to also say I am not a medical professional I am not a doctor I am not a psychologist I am not a psychiatrist so these types of videos is speaking on my experience and my knowledge of autism spectrum disorder and my experience and knowledge of these other disorders that I'm comparing and contrasting it to. And on top of that, it is totally likely for an individual to have comorbid disorders. So what that means is you could be autistic and you could also have ADHD. You could be autistic, you could also have bipolar. You could be autistic, you could also have borderline and so on and so forth. Everyone's circumstances are unique, their state of mind and their neurology is unique. So this video is to just lay out some groundwork for you to begin to think about those similarities and differences and how that may present in you as you are on your own journey of figuring out what your spectrum may be. So with that being said, let's talk about bipolar and autism. So I just want to read off what bipolar disorder is first so that we could understand what this disorder is. Bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, mania or hypomania, and lows, which is depression. When you become depressed, you may feel sad or hopeless or lose interest or pleasure in most activities. When your mood shifts to mania or hypomania, you may feel euphoric, full of energy, or unusually irritable. These mood swings can affect sleep, energy, activity, judgments, behavior, and the ability to think clearly. Episodes of mood swings may occur rarely or multiple times a year. While most people will experience some emotional symptoms between episodes, some may not experience any. Although bipolar disorder is a lifelong condition, you can manage your mood swings and other symptoms by following a treatment plan. In most cases, bipolar disorder is treated with medications and psychological counseling, so psychotherapy. And a little bit about autism as well because we are comparing contrasting these two disorders. Autism is a developmental brain disorder, not a mental illness. 
People with autism can experience differences with regards to speech, nonverbal communication, repetitive behaviors, and fixation on special interests. Autism occurs as a result of a mix of genetic and environmental factors, and people diagnosed with this condition can display a wide range of strengths and difficulties. So now we have a good idea of what autism and what bipolar is. I have gathered the symptom lists of both of these disorders so that I could compare and contrast the similarities and differences. And I want to list them out for you guys on top of interlacing some of my opinions, personal stories about these symptom overlaps. All right, so the first thing I really want to make clear is bipolar disorder is a mental health condition, whereas autism spectrum disorder is a neurological disorder. You are born with autism spectrum disorder, and it is something that you live with for the entirety of your life. It is not something you could cure. It is not something that goes away. And that is a very big difference between these two disorders is you are not necessarily born with bipolar disorder. You can be born with the disposition of having bipolar disorder because genetically speaking, you're predisposed to it. So a family member of yours may have bipolar disorder. And so that makes you more likely to have bipolar disorder. But you are not necessarily born with bipolar disorder. Like you don't come out of the womb bipolar. It is something that is already in your genes, but it has the likeliness to not come up or come up depending on what can trigger the bipolar to begin to exhibit itself within you. All right, so a symptom that I see that overlaps between these two disorders is hyperfixation. Now, I do feel like there is little differences here and there with the way that the hyperfixation presents in these two different disorders. I feel like for the most part, autistic individuals' hyperfixations are on a certain hobby, subject matter, sensory experience, whatever it is. Whereas with bipolar, I feel like the hyperfixations are very much so goal-oriented. The hyperfixations with bipolar is kind of interlaced with the mania that they're experiencing. And so a lot of the times, people with bipolar, when they are very hyper-focused on something, it has to do with accomplishing that thing or accomplishing a goal. Whereas someone with autism could be very hyper-focused on crocheting or hyper-focused on Disney movies, right? There's not necessarily a goal to an autistic person's hyperfixation. It's more about the experience of something or the information behind something. And likewise, I feel like the consistency and rate of the hyperfixation might also vary depending on the bipolar or the autism. I feel like with autistic individuals, the hyperfixation is a lot more consistent. I feel like the intensity is always there, but it just either gets more intense or less intense depending on circumstances in our lives. The hyperfixation intensity for bipolar individuals is going to be affected by whether or not they're in a manic state or in their depressive state. Of course, they're going to experience a more intense hyperfixation when they're in a manic state and they want to accomplish a certain goal. And likewise, if they are in a more depressive state, their hyperfixation might be completely gone, for example, and they may not be interested in that hyperfixation at all. I feel like oftentimes people just see someone extremely hyperfixated and they kind of just see that for what that is and they don't really see those nuances underneath the surface. So for example, 
I had dated two bipolar people in my lifetime and it's really interesting because I resonated a lot with these two bipolar partners. I could understand the hyperfixations that they would get into, but when I'm hyperfixated on something, I'm hyperfixated on it regardless of my emotional state, right? I could be depressed and still be hyperfocused on Disney movies. I could be really happy and still hyperfocused on Disney movies. I'm hyperfocused on Disney movies in different parts of my life, regardless of my age, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of how I feel, because it is something I enjoy and brings me a deep sense of comfort. Whereas with my bipolar partners in the past, their hyperfixations were either really intense or non-existent, and they were always correlated with whether or not they were in a manic state or a depressive state. And sometimes their hyperfixations might completely disappear after they're done with a specific manic state and they've moved on to another manic state. And so I've, I just noticed that difference there, just the consistency, intensity, and the rate of the hyperfixations. So another overlapping symptom is anger. And I just want to explain the differences between how anger can present in a bipolar individual versus anger presenting in an, aut in an autistic individual. So I feel like even though on the surface, people with these two disorders may struggle with anger or frustration or rage, I feel like it does come from two different places, right? I feel like, yes, what it looks like is you have a hard time with mood regulation or emotional regulation, but I feel like a lot of the times with autism, the mood dysregulation could always be traced back to some sort of sensory reason. Let's say my routine is disrupted, like someone ate my lunch that I had packed for myself that day and my lunch isn't there anymore. That completely ruins the rest of my day because I had planned everything in accordance to eating that specific lunch at a certain time. And so now that that's not there, this whole sensory experience is gone and I have to now readjust myself to a new expectation of a new sensory experience that I may not have been ready for or have not even been wanting in the first place. When I say sensory experience, it's a way to summarize basically me saying I wanted to taste that specific type of food and eat it at a certain time, which makes me feel a certain way, right? I feel like with autism, our sensory experience is always so specific and it feeds into our routines. It feeds into rigidity. It feeds into social interactions because now that my, my routine is disrupted, now that my sensory experience is disrupted, it makes it harder for me to socialize. It makes it harder for me to emotionally regulate, right? Um, it makes it harder for me to withstand bright lights, maybe. It makes it harder for me to deal with being extremely cold or extremely hot. And so a lot of the times, anger in autistic people is essentially overstimulation is what I feel like it is. An overwhelming sense of overstimulation or an overwhelming emotion that comes from some sort of sensory experience being disrupted. Whereas I feel like with bipolar disorder, 
it has to do a lot with the actual chemical biological makeup of your brain. And this kind of goes into another trait that I'll get into as well, which is medication. But with bipolar individuals, there is an actual mood disorder there. And so the anger isn't necessarily triggered by sensory things. It's something that would be experienced regardless of the circumstance, if that makes sense. So if a bipolar individual was to experience extreme anger, it could literally be experienced whether or not the day is amazing and the circumstances are right. And likewise, in situations that could incite a lot of anger for someone, if they are manic, for example, they wouldn't experience anger necessarily because they're in such a high state and has such a good mood. So I feel like there's that little difference. I feel like with autism, the anger and the mood swings is very much so rooted in the circumstances and therefore is very predictable. Whereas with bipolar individuals, the mood doesn't necessarily match the circumstance and is very unpredictable in that sense. All right, so another area where I could see overlapping is the mania and hypomania of a bipolar individual and also with the autistic person being socially abnormal, so having social deficits. And pardon the language that I'm using, I'm just trying to really convey my thoughts the best that I can, and I'm sorry if sometimes it comes off as insensitive. I'm really trying not to be insensitive at all. Just know that my intentions are not in a malicious place. I can't be perfect, right? I can't always communicate perfectly especially talking about these type of topics. I can't always be like the most politically correct all the time. It's just impossible. So I'm sorry if I end up offending anyone. I'm really trying not to. I'm trying to be as careful as I can, but I am human. I cannot be perfect. But I feel like a lot of the times bipolar and autism could get mistaken for each other because we on the surface can seem so abnormal to other people and to the general society, right? We might look, do, make certain decisions that might not come across as a normal thing to do or to say. And I think in that sense, people can just look at a bipolar person or an autistic person and be like, they're just a little off. They're a little weird, right? But I feel like there are differences in our weirdness, our weirdness. I feel like hypomania and mania is kind of rooted in delusions. So what that means is the reality that a bipolar person is experiencing when they're manic is not necessarily completely accurate. This is why bipolar is something that has to be treated, right? Because when your reality is not completely accurate, it, it could be very detrimental. And I say that with the most respect and empathy as I can, because as someone that has dated bipolar people, I really can know how much havoc this disorder can wreak on someone's life when they're not getting the proper treatment and medication. I'm going to use my own life as an example for this. And I do know that my own life is my own life and doesn't apply to everyone, right? From my experience, when my bipolar loved ones were experiencing mania, their reality is not accurate at all. I feel like a key difference with us in, in this specific topic was that even though I have these social deficits, I am very socially aware, if that makes sense. And I think I'm very socially aware because of my social deficits. So what that means is when I am very socially aware, I am constantly taking into account 
other people's perceptions of me, other people's opinions, other people's viewpoints. And I'm constantly taking it into consideration. Whereas I feel like a bipolar individual, especially when they're in a manic state, they're only able to understand and view things within their reality. And anytime someone else is not operating within that reality, they reject and don't see that reality, even though that reality is what is actually happening. And so sometimes what that means is they reject reality altogether and the people within that reality if it's not in alignment with their reality. So for me, whether or not I agree with someone, I still want to hear people out and consider it and think about it, right? I feel like autistic individuals, if anything, struggle a lot with questioning ourselves. I feel like we're the type to still be like, huh, could there be truth to that? Or like, maybe I could see what they're saying. And sometimes that could be really hard to deal with because you end up taking things on that may not be right for yourself. Ultimately, if I disagree, I disagree. And I could literally list off what I agree with, what I don't agree with. But something I've noticed with my bipolar partners were if you weren't in 100% agreeance with them, it's like they don't want to perceive you or your opinion at all. There's no accountability there, if that makes sense. And there's no conversation. I remember in the past with my bipolar partner at the time, he would have these manic moments where he, let's say, spent a whole year trying to start a business and nothing came out of it. There would be one day where he wakes up and he'll say, I'll have five clients by the end of this month and each of those clients will pay me $10,000. And when I would hear these things, I would literally have a moment where I'm just like, what is he thinking? Like, how is that going to happen? He has zero clients and had had zero clients for a whole year. How is he going to magically have, you know, all of these clients paying him $10,000 each? It's just completely unreasonable, right? There's just certain points where it's not about like pursuing your dream or not pursuing your dream or having hope or not having hope or having doubt, not having doubt. It's, it's just a matter of objectivity and logic and it just doesn't make objective sense and doesn't have any logic. Like that is not possible. I am so sorry to like break it to you, but that's just not gonna happen. And I don't want you to fall into your depressive state when you realize that. And this is why it's so hard to, you know, have a bipolar individual in your life, especially someone who isn't getting the treatment that they need to like, you know, support themselves. It's so hard to just see them going into these like delusions that you know is going to ultimately end up in a very deep, dark, depressive state because you know it's just not possible. It's literally not possible. Every time I would try to have that sit down conversation with him and say like that's just not possible and this is why like listing the objective logic because it wasn't in alignment with what he wanted in his mania he would just chop it up to oh you're just not supportive of me you just doubt me you just want me to like not succeed and you want to sabotage my goals things like that and if I were to put myself in his shoes I feel like if someone were to ever try to talk logic to me and say, is that reasonable? Consider this, consider that. I feel like even though it might be offensive here and there or my feelings might get hurt, I feel like I ultimately will always consider what that person says 
And I feel like that is a key difference is that self-awareness to consider someone else's opinions and viewpoints. You know, I'm not saying every bipolar person is like this, but it's just kind of like you're either with me or against me. And I don't want to consider anything you have to say if you're against me. All right, so this one's really important, and that is the medication deal. This is a very hard difference. There's no overlap here. So with bipolar disorder, it is something that needs to be medicated on top of routines, behavioral interventions, everything like that in place. Whereas with autism, there is no medication you could take to help autism or cure autism, specifically autism. There's medication you could take to treat certain things you have coinciding with your autism. So a lot of the times autistic people have anxiety or OCD and there are anti-anxiety medication you could take to help with that, but you cannot take medication to help your autism. That's just non-existent. It's not possible. With autism, it's more about lifestyle changes and behavioral intervention and behavioral therapy rather than medication. But with bipolar, it is essential to get medication to help stabilize your mood because your mood will affect everything that comes with bipolar, the mania, the hypomania. But I feel like there's that very key difference there between bipolar and and autism. All right, another overlapping of symptoms is sleep hygiene. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. People who are bipolar struggle with sleep depending on whether or not they're in their manic state, depressive state. But in general, if you can imagine your mood is unstable, it will affect your lifestyle. It will affect how you sleep and your ability to sleep. And the difference there with Autism is sleep hygiene could be highly affected by sensory issues and is in a sense a lot more predictable and maybe a lot more consistent of an issue. So I realized while editing this that I didn't provide an example. I generally don't struggle with sleep. And this isn't to say that all autistic people have no issues sleeping, right? And this also isn't to say that all bipolar people struggle with sleep either. Of course, this depends on the person, depends on situation, all that stuff. But for me, the times I struggled with sleep, for example, are moments where my schedule, routine, or something within my environment is going through a change and I'm having a hard time adjusting to the new routine or the changes. And it's hard for me to relax basically and get to a point where I could comfortably sleep. But it's not like I'm trying to stay up to do a specific thing or stay up for a specific reason. It's just a simple fact of I can't relax. Or likewise, if I'm traveling to a new environment and there's all of these sensory things that are throwing me off, like the light is too bright and a really ugly color or I could hear all of the neighbors making noises or the cars on the street is too loud, then it's hard for me to sleep. I will literally lay there just uncomfortably staring up at the ceiling in the darkness. So a lot of my sleep issues are, you know, contingent to sensory sensitivities. The moments where he struggled with sleep, it was always because he got hyper fixated on doing something or achieving a certain goal. He could literally go all night without sleeping and work into the next day and stay awake all of the next day, just working, 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 working on one thing. 
And there'd be so many times during his manic states where I would go to sleep around 10 p.m. and I would go to him and ask him to get off the computer and to get some sleep because he's been working literally all day. He would say something like, okay, I'll go to bed soon, just you go first. And then later on that night, I will wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning to see that he's not in bed. I will come out into the living room and see that he is still on that computer working. And when he's manic and not sleeping, it's almost as if he has all this energy, right? And it doesn't even seem like he gets exhausted. It seems like he could just keep going and going and going without sleep because there's that very high intensity emotional state of like euphoria almost like you're a superhuman. You don't need sleep and you could just keep going and you feel very energetic in a sense. I'm not like that. When I have my sleep problems and I can't fall asleep and I can't relax, I'm very much so sleep deprived and tired and that definitely carries over into the next day and I'm very low energy. It's not like I have all this energy and that's why I don't need sleep and I feel like that's kind of, you know, a, a way I can explain the differences, at least for me and those who relate to me, between bipolar individuals and autistic individuals when it comes to having issues in correlation with sleeping. All right, so another overlapping symptom is relationship difficulties. Let me explain how these two present differently. Like I mentioned before, if you are a loved one of a bipolar person and you're not completely supporting them all the time, they might feel an inclination to push you away or to lash out on you because they don't think that you're supporting them or they might think that you're trying to sabotage them, things like that. So your relationship with a bipolar person is definitely indicative and affected by their mood and their mania or their depression. Depression could also really affect your relationship with someone because Speaking from my experience, when my bipolar partner in the past was in his depressive states, nothing, nothing could bring him hope, nothing could bring him happiness, nothing could get him out of that depression outside of another manic state coming on. Like nothing I could say or do would help. And likewise, nothing can get him out of a manic state other than a depressive state. As you can see, there's a sense of selfishness there. Like as a loved one of a bipolar person, I always felt like I wasn't really a big player in his life. I could be there or not there. It's just kind of like life was always revolving around him and I felt like I didn't have space to exist and be considered. To an extent, you know, I'm not saying like I was completely invisible, but I just felt like in general, in the grand scheme of things, everything kind of always revolved around him and the different states that he was experiencing throughout our relationship. I feel like relationship difficulties in autistic people usually presents in either being too selfless and being too much of a pushover and having too many people-pleasing tendencies versus being seen as too selfish or socially unaware. I feel like it kind of teeters between these two areas and relationship difficulties can come from feeling very burnt out, very overstimulated, things like that. So in a sense, if you think about it, autism spectrum disorders, a lot of the difficulties we struggle with are very predictable if you learn to see it through our lens and how we process. A lot of the times it has to do with sensory difficulties and social deficits. And it's kind of just like that in every sort of thing that we struggle with. And I feel like with bipolar, you can learn warning signs of a manic state about to come on 
or the warning signs of a depressive state or what the manic state looks like usually or what the depressive state looks like. But in general, it's really hard to predict and understand how to respond. I feel like a good movie to watch to learn about bipolar is Silver's Linings Play Silver Linings Play Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know if I pronounced that correct, but the character has like this manic thing about wanting to be with his ex-wife and everyone that is in his life that loves him is trying to say please like she is not interested please get over her it's not gonna happen and he's just like you guys just don't understand you don't support me things like that and i'm not saying again that every bipolar person's like that guy in, in the movie but from my experience with my bipolar partners in the past they were very much so like him in different ways like of course the bipolar and the mania looked different and was for different reasons, but just that same general sense of like, it's hard to hold your bipolar loved one accountable and to speak sense into them. And it's hard to see them go through those very high highs and low lows and have that distorted reality, you know? All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the cycles of a bipolar person versus the cycles of an autistic person. I feel like with bipolar cycles, there's cycles of hypomania or mania, and then that goes into depression. So it kind of goes between these two. Whereas with autism, I feel like our cycles kind of teeter between being functioning and having burnouts shutdowns or meltdowns so it goes from that i feel like the key difference here between the two cycles is that with bipolar the cycles are always coincided with a goal or an accomplishment and it's like during the manic states there's a specific goal that they have in mind and everything revolves around it and then they reach their depressive state where it's almost like no goals at all. I feel like with autism, it's just basic functioning a lot of the times. Yes, sometimes we might have a goal that we wanted, but we just may not have energy for it when we are in our lesser functioning states like burnout. But when we are in our functioning states, it's just kind of like a very even keeled state of being. Like you maintain your lifestyle, your routine, your job, your friends, and then you reach these ultimate burnouts because all of it becomes so intense and overwhelming to keep up with. And then after you go through your burnouts, it's basically like you're recharging your battery. Once your battery is charged, you go back up to functioning normally again. And I feel like it's not necessarily revolved around a goal. It's more so revolved around your energy levels. All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the lows of these two disorders. So we talked a good amount about mania within bipolar, but I feel like a really prominent aspect of bipolar disorder is also the depressive state. And I feel like this is something that overlaps with autism because a lot of autistic individuals struggle with depression as well. I feel like autistic individuals' depression is honestly just a really, really, really bad burnout that they're experiencing. And burnouts can last for a long time. I've seen autistic individuals be in a burnout for years, months, days, weeks, you know? And sometimes what that can look like is depression because you don't have the energy to do anything, to maintain your hygiene, to do your chores, to take care of your animals, to maintain your daily life, to take care of your kids, your loved ones, yourself. When you're so burnt out and so low on energy and you've been overstimulated for so many years, right? you reach these ultimate burnouts where you just can't do anything anymore. And you're kind of just waiting for that moment for yourself to charge back up to maintain life again. But I feel like sometimes in those states of burnout, it could start off as an energetic depletion 
But very easily during burnouts, you can also become emotionally and mentally depressed because when you're not able to maintain things in your life, you lose your sense of purpose. You lose the will to live and you therefore become so disconnected from the world and yourself that you ultimately feel depressed because you just aren't able to feel happy about anything anymore or you don't have anything you want to do or can do. Whereas with depression with bipolar individuals, I feel like it's not necessarily about energy as much as it is about your mood and your emotions. So I feel like when my bipolar loved ones were experiencing their depressive state, it was always for a specific reason and it always felt very emotional for them. Like they were very depressed about a certain thing not being able to happen or something not going through and very hopeless in that sense and very sad. Whereas I feel like with autistic people, the depression is oftentimes just very like numb and disconnected. So another overlapping symptom that I could see is just the attribute of being a little bit more jittery and moving at fast pace. I feel like when a bipolar person is experiencing mania, they could be seen as very fast moving and jittery and all of that stuff. And I feel like sometimes autistic people can have similar attributes to that because for autistic people, there's times where we need to stim, whether that's because we're extremely happy and energetic or because we're extremely stressed. There's moments where an autistic person may stim at inappropriate times or in inappropriate ways that is off-putting to other people. Another overlapping symptom that I could see is racing thoughts. That's one symptom that you hear a lot when it comes to bipolar. And I feel like that could seem similar to how autistic people think because I feel like autistic individuals don't really think linearly. We can train and teach ourselves to speak our thoughts into a linear way, but naturally speaking, I feel like a lot of the times our thoughts are not even words, let alone linear words or linear thoughts. A lot of the times I feel like we think all these different thoughts all at once simultaneously and sometimes those thoughts are words, but sometimes those thoughts are just feelings or sensations or taste or colors. And it's hard to interpret that because there's so many times during my sessions with autistic people where my client will say things like, ooh, that was really sticky and gooey and I didn't like how that felt. She's not actually explaining a texture of something. It's like, oh, that person's energy was gooey. And I feel like sometimes when an autistic person is expressing themselves, it could be very long-winded and all over the place. And that erratic essence of how we think and express ourselves can be seen as let's say a bipolar person that's experiencing mania and they're just like going on and on about all these different ideas or like what they want to do and all of that stuff. All right, you guys, we have reached the end of today's video. Again, I apologize if some of my language that I used today rubbed you guys the wrong way. I, again, don't have any malintent with how I'm talking. I'm just trying to express a lot of my thoughts the best that I can. I know you guys will probably relate to this. Sometimes there's just not a good way to express something. Sometimes the thing that you're talking about is just not fun or not happy all the time, but it is necessary to talk about. It is a hard topic to talk about, but it's just something that has to be done, right? In a way, I do empathize with myself and I understand there's just certain times where there's just not the best way to express it. There's not a fun, 
positive, completely politically correct way to express a certain type of thought. Regardless of that, I hope this video has been helpful for you for whatever reason why you have found this video and needed to watch it. I hope it helped you learn something new about yourself or someone else in your life or just, you know, information in general that you want to collect and learn about because it is your special interest. But other than that, I will see you guys on next week's video. Take care.